Welcome to Soccer Better Season 3. We're Liz and Laura Ellen. Liz is a lawyer and Laura Ellen is the scientist. We've put our education to use by digging into the analytical side of all things soccer. Each episode, we discuss a piece of soccer or sports research. Join us as we discover how we can all soccer better. Liz, welcome to season three of Soccer Better. Yay! Who would have thought? We're still at it. We're still at it. We're still going. You can't stop us. No, nothing can stop us. Not COVID, not elections. Nothing can stop us. That's right. You're stuck with us, guys. We're never leaving. Okay, let's... I feel like we have a lot to live up to. I feel like season two, episode one was a really powerful article. And now we're at season three, episode one. And I don't think this article is quite as powerful, but you, I think it's a pretty good one. You picked it, so... Which, I mean, will become very obvious very quickly. I think that it's powerful in different ways. It may not make you um, have to self-evaluate as more, but it could be just as life-changing. There it is. Life-changing discussion happening only here on Soccer Better. Yes, only okay. here, for sure. Only here. <laughs> Okay, let's get started. Today's or this episode's article is entitled Mindfulness Meditation Intervention with Male Collegiate Soccer Players Effect on Stress and Various Aspects of Life. This article was written by Vidic and colleagues and was published in 2018. And just as an aside, just from reading this title, Academic articles have very long titles, Mm -hmm. and as someone who has written academic articles, I understand why they have such long titles, because you want to incorporate everything, but goodness, we need to work at having shorter titles. Okay. Okay. We need a cliff cliff note title. Cliff note title. Um, But here we go. So we're talking about mindfulness meditation in soccer players, which I think, as you alluded to Liz it's pretty obvious that you picked this article yeah it's pretty obvious oh no we're talking about mental health I wonder who could have thought to bring that up (laughs) hmm I wonder all right let's get into this well I guess before we get into the article itself was there anything about the article other than it just says mindfulness meditation at the top that really stood out to you that you were like oh we definitely need to do this for soccer better I mean that's why I chose it because much like when I'm looking for a new book, when I go through Barnes and Noble, like I will go through and look at all the spines and maybe a cover. And then I like look at the title. I'm like, oh, yeah, I could do that. And I take a book because like, I don't care. Um, I was just really excited to find something that seemed well researched and had to do with something for your mental health. So that's what I did. Here we are. Uh, So the authors of this paper start out talking about uh, the importance of uh, stress, that stress can have a lot of negative consequences in our lives. Um, And then they talk about the importance of mindfulness in sports. And one of the things that I I thought about when I was reading this article, and they didn't mention this, but I don't, have you heard or read anything about the mindfulness practice that Michael Phelps has or had 
before his like he had this whole routine that he would go through to get him in the mindset before a swim meet and that's kind of what this reminded me of um you know in a different way but just the importance that mindfulness can have in reducing stress and improving you know focus when it comes to participating in sports yeah and i think that we should point this is a great time to point out when we're talking about mindfulness in case you don't want to google it it's really about concentrating on this moment and not getting stuck in what happened last week yesterday or maybe even an hour ago and not thinking about what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes the next day the next week like really being completely present to focus on a task and i think it makes perfect sense that phelps would have that kind of process right before a race so that he's not even thinking seconds ahead it's just okay how do i get on the block okay how do i jump like that makes a lot of sense yeah so i i will try and find an article or something uh that talks about that and i'll link it in the show notes um because i anyway i think that's just really interesting but you're right liz so mindfulness is really being present in the moment and not allowing the stress of external things and what they were looking at in this article was not just performance on the field you know whether at practice or during games they're also looking at stress um, as an outcome off the field as well and so they had two main hypotheses for their research so these were things that they were expecting would happen as a result of the mindfulness intervention that they had, uh, that they conducted with these athletes. So the first hypothesis was that as a result of the mindfulness intervention, that the student athletes would um, have a progressive decrease in overall stress and that they, and so they measured that through a a scale, which we'll talk about a little bit later, and that they would report, that the athletes would report that the mindfulness intervention had positive benefits in all aspects of their lives. And so those were the two uh, hypotheses or the two uh, predictions that the authors thought would happen as a result of this intervention, which I think to me, I read that I was like, yeah, of course, that makes sense. Did you have any thoughts about the hypotheses or the background information that they gave Liz? I mean, I just thought it was interesting that there have been recent initiatives by the NCAA to work on the enhancement of a a college athlete's overall mental health so that they can help them with the challenges they're facing, like on the field or on the court, wherever that is, but also they're doing so much else. They're doing schoolwork. They're dealing with new family relations. They're dealing with new friend relations. So it's nice to see that this came about um, as a result of a new initiative and a real push towards acknowledging that mental health is part of the overall well-being of these students. Yeah, I think that is an excellent thing to point out and such an important thing for us to think about and, and, I, and I guess I'm glad to hear it, right? It's not something... I don't follow NCAA sports right, at all, really. So um, I'm sure there were some news articles and things about this initiative. But I think it is important to note that the NCAA is recognizing the important role that mental health and stress plays in the lives of these college athletes. And so what are interventions that we can do and use with this group of 
uh, folks who, you know, that can help them to have a better life from a holistic perspective. Right. And I think it'll go a long way towards normalizing mental health as people move forward. If you're used to doing these kinds of things and talking about these kinds of things and building a support group, then you're going to do that throughout the rest of your life. And I think that really helps to make this bigger than just what's happening at these college campuses and with these athletes. It's really, it could be profoundly life-changing and it could change the whole community. Absolutely. All right, let's get into the intervention that they did. So the mindfulness intervention was a series of six one-hour sessions that focused on mindfulness and and the each session had some different sections so they had an education portion they had a practicing portion um and then at the end of the six sessions they had a reflection portion where they asked the participants so the student athletes to write down and kind of journal and reflect about their experiences and talk about how the intervention may or may not have influenced other aspects of their lives. And so what they did here was a mixed method study. So they had some quantitative um, uh, data that they collected and that was the perceived stress scale. So that was a series of questions that they asked that they came out with a score. Um, And then they had qualitative, and so that was analyzing what the participants wrote in the journals. And what I thought was interesting is they had 18 uh, soccer players who participated, uh, which I thought that was like a nice size. I don't, it was interesting, maybe I missed it, but I don't think they talked about kind of if that was all the players on the soccer team. I don't, I can't imagine that a soccer team would only have 18 players on the roster, but maybe only 18 of the however many uh, players on the team participated in the intervention because I'm sure it was optional. Yeah, Um, I think it was also interesting that while they obviously had buy-in from the coaching staff, none of the staff was present during the sessions. So you were free to talk or journal. I mean, even though journaling is private, if someone's standing around watching you do it, Um, I think that it could really have reduced the amount of reflection that they did and the journals were turned in. So I think they probably got a lot better results based on saying, you guys, this is, you know, for these reasons, we support it. You are allowed to participate or you don't have to if you don't want to. And also we're not going to be present. This is this is an hour of time that you can really work on yourself. So I thought that was nice. Yeah, and I was actually surprised that they had... 18 players who did participate I don't know like I just I was like oh so it was you know male collegiate athletes and I guess I have right this is recognizing my own biases here right but I have this like perception that college male athletes don't aren't really interested in mindfulness or reflection or meditation um and so I thought wow 18 you know players who participated in in all six sessions that's pretty that's pretty good, I thought. Yeah, um, and not even all successions. Like, there were some of the athletes who reported that they did it more on their own, that they took this and it became not something they just did once a week for six weeks, but they made sure that they were doing it once or twice on their own. So they were getting two or three mindful sessions in 
per week. And it wasn't, I don't know, I don't remember if they told us the number. I don't think it was a large percentage, but even let's say it was, you know, three of the students. Like that's a lot of uh, three hours a week when you are a student athlete, that's a lot of time to set aside um, for this kind of activity. So it was nice to see that um, it, a, a, a wide range of effect on these students. Yeah. And they also, um, I thought this was kind of good research practice as they also conducted this during the soccer season. So it was, you know, happening in the midst of games and, you know, practices, the combination of practices and games and things, which I thought was good. Um, so let's dig into the results because this is where all the juicy stuff is. Um, so I mentioned that they had a quantitative side and a qualitative. So quantitative, um, it's always, it's when I first got into research, I would always get these mixed up. But if you think quantitative has an N in it and that's numbers. So quantitative is an N. So quantitative research deals with numbers. Uh, and so this was the scale that they did. And what they found was there was an average decrease in stress from the pre-intervention um, assessment. So this was before they did any of the mindfulness uh, activities and then at the end. So there was a decrease, but that decrease was not statistically significant. So, um, you know, both uh, measures, uh, so the scores were from 0 to 40, and 13, a score of 13 is considered average, uh, and then high stress is considered anything over 20. And so the average pre-score or pre-test was 16.6, and then after the intervention was 15 uh, 0.06. I'm sorry, 16.06 and 15.06. So it didn't really decrease that much. And these folks seemed a little high stressed anyway, which I guess makes sense, right? They're college athletes. Yeah, I think that something that they acknowledged in their test is that they gave it at two different times. So I'm a little... So they started the test at the beginning of the soccer season and the beginning of the semester when presumably you have fewer stresses because you don't have many tests yet um and you're but i mean you're going to college and like moving in is stressful depending on what your parents are like that's stressful you may have stressful friends that all of a sudden you have to pick back up with like those things can all attribute to it and then the post test was given after the six week mark and it just happened to fall um when a quarter ended and so there were a lot of tests happening and so you would think that there would have been an uptick in general stress so it's not, there's no way to tell how much of an implication that had and how much it changed the scores. But the fact that over that time period and natural stress would, you would think that it would be higher at the post-test and it was actually lower, I think does speak to something happened. Um, and even just one point, I mean, some days I would take one point of less stress. Uh, if it gets me two more emails you know, completed, if it gets me through a 40 page document review, I would take one point of less stress. So um, while insignificant for for science, I found it encouraging that there was something even after just six weeks um, of, of one hour sessions. Yeah, and I so one of the comments that I wrote to myself as I was reading this, like, how does how do these numbers compare with 
general undergrads, right? You know, undergrads who aren't participating in sports, but also what does this look like for athletes who are participating in sports during the same time period, but not doing the intervention, right? And so I think, and that was not the purpose of this study. The purpose of this study was not to compare, um, you know, athletes who did the intervention with those who didn't do the intervention. That's like a totally different thing. But I think it would have been interesting, like in the discussion, they didn't um, report any, you know, like other studies have used the same scale during a semester and this is what they've seen to at least contextualize it a little bit. Because my guess is, right, for most other students, they probably went in the opposite direction that their stress increased over the course of the semester. So even a small decrease is a really good sign um, with the increased responsibilities that that, um, they had. Anyway, there's so much more to talk about in this article, and I don't want to be here uh, forever because our poor listeners are going to skip to the end uh, and not listen to us anymore. That's not true. They Um, love us. Okay. I mean, we could sit and talk for hours and hours about this. Um, So the qualitative results. So remember, quantitative has numbers because it has an N. Qualitative is uh, dialogue or observations or all kinds of, of other things. So it's words. And so they had um, one, two, three, four themes that came out of the journals that the um, uh, participants, student athletes did. And so Liz, I think I was thinking maybe I would just say the four themes and then you can give any insights that you had because I'm sure you've had insights. Um, I think that would be very helpful. Great. So the first theme was enhanced focus that one of the things that um, the participants talked about was as a result of these mindfulness, uh, mindfulness intervention, they had an enhanced focus. A second theme was increased calmness, which I think I need some increased calmness in my life. Uh, The third theme was being more present. So being present in the moment. And then the fourth theme was that there were no benefits, which I thought that was great. I think for some people, interventions just don't work. And I think that's okay. And I think as a scientist, it's important to acknowledge that for some people, your really cool intervention just isn't going to work. So Liz, uh, with those four themes, uh, what kind of thoughts did you have about them? I mean, mostly what I thought about was how much that would have helped me in my classroom. So if I was more present, if I was more calm, taking and absorbing notes and lectures would have been so much easier. And then the crunch time, the study time, that could have been, I mean, maybe not shorter, but maybe shorter. Crunch time probably could have been shorter, but study time probably would have been more productive and more positive. I would have felt as I read this, these books, or as I read my notes, that I remembered more of it if I was calmer and more present and able to absorb things. And I can see how that would make a huge difference if I wasn't worrying about that, if I was getting the proper amount of sleep, that I would perform better on the field. And then my coach wouldn't be as upset. And even if you don't have a coach who's a yeller, you might have a coach who takes you aside and says, man, what's going on? And that can be stressful because you already know that you're not performing at your best. And now you have to try and quantify that. 
I'm not sleeping well, I have a test, you know, whatever it is. So just watching those dominoes kind of line up and get knocked down based on the results, I thought was was really interesting. And even the students who were like, I didn't really see any response. I think it was like three students who were like, I didn't, I didn't see anything. I think they even like, they had a but, but I could stay in the moment more. I, I could, you know, focus on just today more, but I didn't see a reduction in my stress, which was really what they were, they were studying. And that's fine. But even if you're, if you're more present, sometimes that can really change even your relationship, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your significant other probably appreciates if you're more present, even if you're just as stressed out as you were last week. So I, I liked seeing the dominoes kind of fall. How about you? Yeah, so I think the the concentration aspect was something that I really picked up on as well. And so um, I'm not going to belabor that um, any further. I think one of the things from the no benefits, they had three quotes that they pulled out from folks who reported that, you know, there really wasn't a benefit. And one of the things I thought about was, I think they're, right, so I think about a normal bell curve, which, you know, it starts low, goes up in the middle, and then comes back down. Um, and so for some people, I would imagine the folks on the far left of the bell curve, maybe they're just so high functioning and have such low stress anyway, for whatever reason, they have the skills that this isn't going to benefit them no matter what you do. And then I think there are the people on the other end of the bell curve, like the far right, that there's a small group of people that this intervention alone wouldn't benefit them. And there may be this small subgroup who needs additional mental health support, needs additional therapy, needs more like one-on-one guided meditation or, you know, CBT strategies that can be, so CBT stands for cognitive behavioral therapy. So, so more like therapeutic strategies for them to help really address the stress and anxiety and maybe depression and you know whatever else that they may be dealing with so that's something that i kind of thought of that the the authors of the paper didn't get into um which was fine that that wasn't really the context of the the paper that they wrote um but that's just something i thought of that you know again i think there are a group of people that for whatever reason they have the life skills to help them navigate stress in a way that they don't need mindfulness which is great that's not me but you know that's great and then there are another group of folks that like they need more support than just mindfulness alone or self-guided mindfulness alone um so anyway so that's just that's that's something that that stood out to me i think that's a really great call out though for anyone who you know listens to a show or reads an article like this and decides to try mindfulness just because it doesn't work for you doesn't mean that there aren't other things that will work for you or that something is wrong with you or that you're doing it wrong. It's just this, everyone and all parts of your life, you live somewhere on a curve and what works for one person doesn't mean, doesn't work for everybody. Like it just never happens. And we're never at the same part of that curve on a day-to-day basis for every aspect of our lives. Like there are some things where like, I feel like I'm a good reader. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm ahead of the curve, but at the other end of the spectrum, I'm not good at math. So I'm, I need a lot of extra help. So I think that it, that's a really great call out that this was something that was done um, and applied to a, to a single group. And it's a relatively small group. 
And if you try it and it works, that's great. And if not, there are so many other options. Yeah, and I also, building on that, I also think it's something that just because you're not at a place where this can be beneficial for you right now doesn't mean you're always going to be at that place, right? So I think there are situations, and and one of the quotes talked about, yeah, this wasn't really helpful for me because I had this huge project, and so I was so stressed out that nothing was going to help me at that point, right? But, you know, so there are like times and seasons in our lives where there are all these extra stressors that mindful, you know, no amount of mindfulness, no amount of therapy, whatever is going to like help us get through, right? It's just something you just have to kind of like take it minute by minute and get through. And in other phases and in other times of life, right, maybe things calm down a little bit and you can develop a mindfulness practice that can be really really beneficial for you and you can see a drastic change um so i think that's important uh as well so i feel like you've been peeping at my sorry i feel like you've been peeping at my notes i highlighted oh really yeah so for the application of sports i highlighted this quote that thus it is important to consider that the enhancement of athletic performance does not occur in isolation and that it may be dependent on functionality and balance of all other aspects of your life. And that's exactly what we're saying. Like the rest of yes. your life completely influences all of the pieces and all the places where you may be trying to make a change and keep that in mind. Exactly. And uh, so Liz takes her notes digitally and I take my notes on paper, and I for sure was not looking at Liz's notes. I don't. I don't have time to like sit there and look at your notes. Um, but yeah, no, that's a, yes, yes, great quote. Um, are there other things, Liz, as we think about how we can soccer better, that we can pull from this article to apply to our lives and/or apply to soccer? I mean, I think that for me, this really highlighted just making a minimal change can have some effect. So while it said that they did one hour a week for six weeks, part of that was a discussion with the group. Part of it was journaling uh, for at least maybe every week. I don't know. Maybe they did different parts of mindfulness. There was an explanation of what was going on. And then they really said there was 20 minutes of true meditation where it was the silence and the breathing and the trying to like really internalize that 20 minutes once a week I would probably also journal because I love to write so 40 minutes once a week I I feel like that's someplace that I can do can go and get and find that and if I get one percent less stress or one point less stress I guess not percentage but one point less stress I mean on some days like I said that can make all of the difference in the world between eating an entire chocolate bar and answering five more emails. So that for me, that was really nice just to see that it was a small thing, but it did have some kind of effect. What did you get out of this? Well, I would just like to add a caveat that if you want to eat an entire chocolate bar, like you're totally allowed to do that. And we're not saying that like eating a chocolate bar is bad. I think there are maladaptive ways that we handle stress and there are adaptive ways. And so maybe like, you know, for me, when I get stressed, I like check my email way too much and I'm too involved in work, right? And I push out the other people in my life. And so, right, maybe answering emails is an adaptive way to handle stress. 
for others like myself, it is a maladaptive way to handle stress. So I just want to put that out there. Um, now I completely forget what I was going to say because I wanted to clarify. Um, maybe I'm just trying to like justify my own consumption of chocolate. Oh yeah. That may be it. I just, overall, <laughs> I'm not a big chocolate person. Like I really, I don't, I don't have like chocolate cravings, but if I'm stressed out, I'll eat a whole chocolate bar and then I'm like, I didn't like that. Why did I do it? The next day I'm like, ugh, mistakes. So for me, it's just like, it's not a, (laughs) it does nothing for me except for prove that that's the only control I had that day. And the control was I was allowed to eat a whole chocolate bar. That's right. And now I remembered I was going to say, I think there are so many resources. There are YouTube videos. There are apps. And and I'm not here to like endorse one app or one YouTube video or something, but there are many resources that are free that are available to help with mindfulness and help you to develop a mindfulness practice. And so I think that is really great. Um, I know one of our main themes coming out of season two was how the availability of resources can really make a big difference. And I think that that in the case of mindfulness, I think most people have access to the internet. Most people have smartphones. Um, and so there are so many free resources that you can, that one can use to really take advantage of um, being mindful and uh, yeah, having having a good mindfulness practice, um, and then you know reducing your stress or being able to concentrate better or um, being yeah. more present, whatever it is. And don't yes. be afraid to to start over and over again. You don't have to be perfect ever, and you certainly don't have to be perfect the first seventh hundredth time that you work on your mental health. The fact that you are taking care of your mental health at all is wonderful. That's right. Well, Liz, I don't have anything else about this article. Do you have anything else that you would like to add? I'm just going to say again, I love journaling. It's so much fun. <laughs> okay. Well, Liz is going to develop a sub episode about journaling. So it's po- or something. It's possible. It's possible. All right, Liz. Well, thank you so much for selecting this article. I think it was a great way to kick off season three of Soccer Better. And I'll talk to you next time. I can't wait. Bye. Bye. Thank you to our host, the Beautiful Game Network. BGN covers teams across the MLS, USL Championship, and USL League One. Check out podcasts and written content at bgn.fm. You can follow us on Twitter at BGN Soccer Better. Head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this episode and be sure to share it with a friend. Remember, you can always soccer better. The music in our show is Empty Rooms by Booz Radley. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. 
Let them help you design your custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.